The Aftermath of a Heist Gone Wrong A group of underworld individuals violently intertwine. A flight attendant looks to get out of legal trouble with a small fortune. And The Bride Seeks Revenge in two volumes. This time on the Oscar should have gone to Quentin Tarantino, part one. And the Oscar goes to... 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 Alex, your father just won the Academy Award. Robert Zemeckis. The Oscar goes to James Cameron. Goes to Peter Jackson. And the Oscar goes to Clint Eastwood. Meg. Craig. We have been on a break. We've been on a break. Not it's you and summertime. I. Not you and I. No. This isn't a friends watch we were along on a break. podcast. Um, we have been on a very long break. We um, sorry. Yeah, we just we just had to take a minute. I mean, but I think this is the longest we we went without a podcast since we started doing yeah. this thing almost five and, years ago. And neither of us was abroad. Nope. We were just um, we just needed a break, you and know, it was hot. We got through all those fifties movies, and we were like, we just need to step aside for a second. I needed to take. I needed to step back. Um, speaking I'm, of going, I'm I'm feeling better. Yeah. Speaking of going through go. the years, uh, we should announce to. Um, all of our rabid fan base. We will continue that. We will go into the 40s. Megan and I have decided we're going to do that to ourselves. Well, but we Craig, are not, you decided it, and you are dragging me along. But for we're not going ride. to force um, a guest to the, do that with with us. That'll just be a no. Megan and Craig project. We can't felt cruel, and also the the idea of finding uh, someone. If Jordan Morris couldn't watch uh, Mystic River. Uh, Mystic River or whatever. I don't know how we're going to get people to watch. Someone to watch 10 movies from 1943. Yeah, it probably yeah. wasn't going to happen. No. Yeah. It probably won't happen for me. So No, you know. yeah, you'll probably. I mean, although, you know, a lot of those movies are shorter is the good news. Mm. The 40s has, only has a few longies. Um, but before we do that, we thought we'd, uh, you know, we'd go back and uh, hit up, uh, you know, we did a couple actors in the past and kind of went through mm-hmm. some of their award nominations. Um, Meryl Streep, Meryl, Meryl Streep, Glenn, Tom Hanks, Glenny Close, Glenny Close. But we thought this time, um, Albert Knobs herself. That's right. That's right. Um, we're tackling um, one of our favorites. Maybe my favorite. Maybe your favorite. And listen, favorite. I know that's that's a problematic. Sometimes yeah. that might be a problematic st- yeah. stance, but is what it is. Yeah. Um, so the heart wants what the heart wants. We're doing Quentin Tarantino, and I know you said actually right before we started recording, you weren't exactly sure what the sort of plan with this was. So I, I will, did. I'll I did be, say I'll that. I'll be filling you in as I fill in the audience. I think we should look at this, uh, particularly in terms of directing. Because Tarantino's actually never won a directing Oscar. He does have a couple of different screenplay Oscars. Um, and we'll be comparing him against directly against the best director winner for the year the movie came out. And I also think uh, we should compare him against the movie that we individually chose for that given year. Great. And um, you... Do you do or do not have that information? I have that information, so I'll be able to to fill you in. 
Um, so because I don't remember what I had for yeah, breakfast. So. Yeah, so Great. we'll um, you know we'll do a little little chit chat about the different movies, and then uh, we'll say you know should should he have won the Oscar for this or that? Love Sound it. good to Love you? Love that. That sounds great. This sounds like a lot of fun. You know, it does. I had a lot of fun rewatching these, so that sounds like a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, so we're going to do it in two parts. We're tackling the first five today, and then, you know, we'll come back in a few weeks, and we'll do the, the other ones, the other the other five. Uh, Tarantino's famously said he's only making ten films. We're going to talk about Kill Bill for this exercise as two separate films because they came out as separate years, although he considers that one film in terms of his filmography. So we'll see if we... Get just a tenth movie from him, as he said, or if he'll, you know, Bite continue going. Bite your damn tongue. But I don't think he has a... I've heard a lot of rumors about what he might do. He doesn't have anything officially, I think, in the pipeline. No. At this time. I don't... No. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, get on it, Quentin. QT. By the way, I just want to pre- preface this by saying I saw Quentin Tarantino one time. That is a big celeb sighting of mine. It is true. I, I saw him at Petty Cash mm-hmm. on Beverly, and he it was almost empty. It was just like me and my table and his table and like maybe one other. And he was speaking a lot with his hands. And it was one of those things where I was like, I've never been tempted. I've never before been tempted to say anything to a celebrity. Yeah. And I almost did, and I didn't, and I'm so glad I didn't. You'll never be sad that you did. Like, right. I'm, I love Quentin Tarantino, and this is my thing. Don't meet your heroes, especially some of the greatest male artists, like Hemingway, Tarantino. I'm sure Picasso was a fucking pill. Yeah. Like, these people... Amazing art. Right. I, f- I feel like maybe assholes in yeah. real life. How many, because um, you said the restaurant was pretty empty. Um, mm-hmm. did, you, did you clock how many times he said the N-word while you guys were there? <laughs> or We're going to get to that problematic. We're going to get to that, Craig. Great. We're going to get to that. Uh, well, let's kick it off with God his uh, debut then, uh, which of course is Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. I don't think we really talked about this much ever on the podcast. So this is no, a film we from 1992. 92 was the fourth year that we did. Um, so it's been a long, long time since we did it. It was way back in wow. like January of 2018 or something like that. Uh, wow. With our friend Kelly Ewing was on the 1992 episode. but That was the year of Last of the Mohicans? That was the year of Last I know, of the Mohicans. She, she yeah. loves that movie so much. Um, and I think I maybe mentioned it as a film that maybe I rewatched from the year, but I don't think we had a long conversation about it. So it's not really fun and not much. I, I was trying to think uh, the other day, and I, I wasn't really doing a good job of coming up with stuff of like um, movies that are ostensibly about an event that happens off screen. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's about more than, but it's it, but it's interesting the idea of like. I mean, and this is what this movie is famous for, is that it's like a heist movie that you don't see the heist. Right. Um, and I don't know if I know, I can't, there's not another movie that like really leaps to mind. I mean, I guess like in Alien 2, like they wake up, I mean, it's not really about that though. Right. They wake up and, and Newt's dead or whatever, Alien 3. Two? Whatever. The one where they wake up and everybody else on the ship, she wakes up and everybody else on the ship is dead or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head either, but I'm sure there are a couple other movies that, you know, we don't see the 
the main event. Do you see in Rashomon the main event? You do, just from different perspectives. Right. You see it over and yeah. over again. Over and over again. So the opposite. Yeah. Actually, you see it, um, as Nellie and Tim McGraw would say, you see it over and over again. And over again. Yeah. Uh, well, this is like an, also the cast of this movie that he has assembled. Is, this is such like a, this really sets the tone, I feel like, for Tarantino movies going forward. Too. For sure. Yeah. He's got a lot of, like, people at the time that, I mean, you know, there's, you know, Michael Madsen, who obviously becomes this Tarantino stalwart for a long time, um, and Mm -hmm. a lot of... Harvey Keitel? Well, I was going to say a lot of actors that are probably, are kind of at the beginning of their careers that go on to bigger and become very well-known character actors, Tim Roth and Steve Buscemi. Um, And then you have Harvey Keitel, which I'm sure at the time was like the big get for him, having Mm -hmm. like this guy who, you know, had kind of started off his career with Scorsese, was was starting off his career. I'm sure Tarantino uh, threw a ball inside the video store uh, when he found (laughs) out Keitel was going to do his movie. Um, But yeah, so what do you, what do you, what do you think of this movie? Oh, I, I really, I really like this. Let me, let me, let me just. I'm gonna skip to the, to the end of next episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do spoiler alerts here. I love every Tarantino movie, right? Even the one, like I, I, I hope that we rank them. I have them. Of course, ranked. of course, we will. Um, yeah. For sure, great, love that. I know you love a ranking. Yeah. There is no movie that he has made that I don't like. Right. Um. So I really, I really love this movie. It's not my favorite, right? Um, but it's, and it's very people. A big, a big, two big complaints that people have about Tarantino, among other things, is that a lot of times it's too talky, yeah. Um, and then the and it's too violent, and right. both of these things are true yes. for sure for Reservoir Dogs. It really is setting the stage for those things. Neither of those things bother me. Sure. I like both of those things. And so I think what I appreciate about him is that you really do see where he's, where his art is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I, anybody that's like never seen a Tarantino movie, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast, but if you are, watch Reservoir Dogs. And because I think there are definitely, his movies are more violent like he, there's some restraint even here. Like they don't actually, the very famous scene is when, uh, what's his face? Is it Tim Roth? Tim Roth. Who cuts off. Oh no, yeah, Michael Madsen the, cuts off the, Michael Madsen uh, the police officer's cuts off ear. the police officer's yeah. um, ear and sings into it, which is yeah. just poetry. Right. Um, but you don't see that. He doesn't actually show the actual, he kind of cuts, the camera cuts away. Right. So there is some like restraint there. Um, but I think that like, if, Reservoir Dogs is your jam. You're going to love the stuff that comes later. Yeah. Is kind of my my take on it. What's your take on this movie? Um, when did I, you first see this movie? Uh, I don't know. Probably in maybe in high school. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a very good first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. there are elements, even when you consider who the characters are, definitely of that opening dialogue that have aged poorly um and obviously this is one of the bigger hits on tarantino is um his use of the n-word in particular in scenes that he writes himself into to use it which has uh kind of been a consistent strange like 
I think Spike Lee has sort of famously like always gone after Tarantino about this, that both in Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, which we'll talk about in just a second. Like, um, I mean, you know, it reminds me and we're going to talk about Kill Bill in this. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. we're going to talk about Kill Bill in this, too. And we we're watching it. And it's just a throwaway thing. But at one point, Michael Madsen is talking about how the bride deserves her revenge. And he says. I'm I'm not going to Jew out or something. And it sort of, it's such a, it takes you aback a little bit. And, 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 with, and when he uses the N-word and stuff, and it, it's funny, it reminds me a lot, I was watching it with Maddie, and it reminds me a lot of his issue that he had with licorice pizza when he right. was like, it's such a fun, pleasant thing. And then why do you need to have this weird sort of like racist shit in the middle yeah. of it that doesn't yeah, yeah. really add much to it? Right. And I would say... You know, that's, I think that's, a, yeah, that's a, that is a big ding on Tarantino yeah. is that every once in a while he adds sort of this weird shit. And Django is a whole different, like, right. we'll get into Django when we talk about Django. Yeah. That's a whole different thing because that's a story is about, you know, yeah. that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it does, it, it grates and it yeah. takes you out of it. Especially when there's so much of it is, the, the dialogue is so crackling. Yeah. And it's like. It just reminds me of my mother being like, you don't need to say fuck every word, Megan. It loses its power or whatever. And she's not wrong, you but know? Then, they're, then they're, like, who would you be? I don't know who I would be. You know? Not myself. Yeah. Not, not this old fucking bitch. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Sorry, continue. Dad. Keep talking. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. But see, you, used, it, see, you used it sparingly there. I feel like it had a lot of power. Yeah, then you felt it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. In your core. Um... Yeah, I like it. I think, like, I agree with you that I think that, you know, Tarantino's, like, known for his violence, but I do think, in general, like, even in Pulp Fiction, I feel like he, there's a lot of restraint with it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, when they kill, and we'll talk about more, but, like, you know, they don't show, like, Brad getting blown away. Like, we see it, like, from the perspective of Brad, so, like, we just see the guns pointing at him. We don't see, I mean, I guess the Marvin stuff is but that's also like the aftermath more than like mm-hmm. the uh, violence itself. Now, when he gets in, and then I would say, and we'll talk about this on the next episode, but with Django, I saw the first screening of that movie. I had a friend that worked at the Sony lot at the time, and there were certain parts of that that were extremely violent that were, I think that movie still is, but were left in the, that he cut from the movie between the time I saw the screening and the yeah. time it was actually. And then you, something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or Kill Bill, like, I feel like those, the violence is almost more cartoony because it's, it's so It's comedic, heightened. yeah. The, yeah. Yes, the way that it is. Yes. Um, yes. So I like Reservoir Dogs. Like, to jump to the end of the next podcast, it is definitely towards the bottom of my Tarantino list. But yes. I think that's how it should be. I do find it yeah. weird when I read things about Tarantino and people are like, Reservoir Dogs is his best or his second best movie. And I'm like... No. Not only is that not true, it really shouldn't be true. Like, there's, like, maybe I hope, three I, and I think filmmakers probably, that, like, their debut is their best movie. And I would yeah. argue most of them would be like, I hope you don't think my debut is my best. I was going to say, I, I think if you're if you're Tarantino, I think I would be almost offended by that. Yeah. I'd be like, I was uh, dicking around. You know what I mean? Like, this was my first opportunity. And, right. like, yes, it's a great movie. But, man, has he honed his skills and gotten better. Yeah. And also stopped putting himself in right. his movies. Yes. Um, do, you wise, want, do you want to hear movie. my Tim Roth impression from this oh, film? Always. Okay. Always. 
Oh, oh man. I'm oh, I'm tired, man. Oh. <laughs> it's really not bad. Actually, and the visual, it's, it's, too, it's, of you doing it's it. It's one of my better impressions. I'll, it's really not bad. Yeah. I think it's, it's really a good th- I think, you know, uh, there's a great twist in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we find out there's a mole and finding out who the mole is, I think, is great. Ultimately, is and, really fun. Yeah, it, it takes all the I mean, this is what he does so well. Everybody steals, right? Yeah. Every every great artist steals from the people that came before. That's from the beginning of time. Right. Artists, great artists, you know, steal. And uh, I think he does it so well because he's makes he doesn't attempt to hide it at all you know what i mean like he just is so he's that that's what makes it so good is again and this is part of his lore he loves movies so much he's such a fan he makes it very obvious like and then we're gonna do it it, it hits all the beats that you think that a a movie like this should like stereotypically hit but he just does it really well right he's just a good filmmaker yeah Okay. Even in this, yeah. it's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, 1992, the best directing Oscar goes to Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven. Hmm. If you've got Reservoir Dogs. I don't remember much about that movie. I, I, I will tell you, it. of the winning best pictures, Unforgiven is the only one I went back and rewatched also. Um, okay. Because I felt like I was on top enough of the other ones, like. Either we'd done them more recently or I felt like I'd seen them enough times that I didn't need to rewatch those. But um, I did rewatch Unforgiven. So would you say Tarantino for Reservoir Dogs or Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven? I mean, it's hard because I did not rewatch Unforgiven. Right. I'll say this. I don't remember almost anything about Unforgiven. And I remember everything about Reservoir Dogs right. and I, before I rewatched it. Yeah. So I guess Tarantino... So Tarantino in that matchup. I think I'm going with Eastwood. I overall, I'm not a huge, I'm not like a Eastwood stan when it comes to like films he's directed. Oh, I think that's, we've (laughs) been clear about that. We've gone over that, you think, on the pod before. Um, But I do think particularly, you know, that was considered like, uh, congrats on your career. Thanks for bringing the Western back. Sure. Award. Sure. And, you know, I don't think that's egregious. That no, was that's no. fine. Um, and I particularly like in rewatching the movie, a lot of it that's like not Eastwood related, I think is great. Like Gene Hackman and Richard Harris are both incredible in that movie. Uh, and oh, I think it right. sort of flounders a little bit like when it's more about Eastwood, who's the lead character. Yeah. Um, OK. Yeah. I'm remembering it more. I still think I prefer Reservoir Dogs, but I also like again, this is going to be tough because I'm also in the hole for Tarantino. Right. It scratches an itch for me. Um, and Westerns in general are not as much my cup of tea. Not your bag. Um, not my bag, baby. Yeah. Not my bag. As we'll see from, by the way, some uh, Tarantino movies. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. So what are the other movies? So I would go with Eastwood, I think. So your pick on the podcast for best movie of 1992 was A League of Their God, Own. God, what was it? Oh, However, yes. you then finished Malcolm X, and oh. I think you've sort of retconned it to say... It's Malcolm it's X. It's Malcolm X. So would you God, say Malcolm X is so good. Spike Lee... Yeah. I mean, Spike Lee over Tarantino, for sure. Right. God, I forgot about A League of Their Own. 
I don't know. Malcolm X in a league of their own. It's hard. Like, how do you compare? How do you, how, how do you compare? How do you tell a wave? Hey, stop being a wave for a second. How do you, how do you, that's some mango for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How, how do you compare? Um, but, but Malcolm X is a better movie than yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. I think, I think we agree that if there was an award to give, you know, if we were giving out our award, we would go with Spike Lee. Spike Lee. Lee. Yeah. Spike, if you're listening. Congratulations. Congratulations. I did. I think I I told you this, that I met him. Yeah, you did. You met him. And and I told him that we had said both Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing were the best films of the given year. And he asked me, he was with like an assistant and they asked what the podcast was called. So Potentially, he could have at one point listened to four minutes of the podcast and then turned it off. Where we talk about him and yeah. we and and we compliment him. Yeah. Um, 1994. Okay. A lot of people consider this maybe Tarantino's greatest film. I think neither you or I feel that way about it. Um, I think we both have a different favorite Tarantino. Um, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. So we actually great, did. Though. So we did this episode with um, Laura Zach or Walter Zach, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So we have talked about this a little bit on the pod, but again, been a long time. It was on our first six months or so right. of the pod. We talked about this because this is not. This was nominated. This was nominated for, for Best Picture. Yes, Best Picture. Um, the big comeback of John Travolta. I mean, here's the thing. Then we'll again. We'll talk more about this. Another thing that he does super, super, super fucking well is he casts his, his movies so well. They're just yeah. really well cast. It's always interesting people. It's always exactly the right person for the role. It's kind of a miracle the way that he finds um, these people. Tim Roth also great in this movie. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis, such a delight in this movie. One of his fav- best, one of his best, I think. Um, yeah, I, I love Pulp Fiction. And again, it's, it's another one of those, this, this, he likes doing, um, what's the word, like a, you know, a large ensemble, whatever, all that comes together. Um, and he does that very well and he moves. And I also like that he also has started doing in this one. He does, um, uh, time jumps. Yeah. Which is also really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. That's sort of one of the more, uh, outside of, like, the dialogue, obviously, one of the more famous things about this movie uh, was that it's nonlinear. So you watch a scene where John Travolta gets killed by Bruce Willis, and then all of a sudden he's back in the movie, and you're like, wait, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Yeah. Um, I will say, in watching it this time, I think most of the individual scenes are truly incredible. But I also think think some of the storytelling is a little confusing. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but I in particularly think, you know, the whole ensemble cast is good. Sam Jackson is so good in Pulp Fiction. The scene, so between the scene in with, it, when they go to the apartment the, where they're having the, um, the brains on Brad. Yeah. Look at the brains on Brad when they're having the, the burgers and everything. Between that scene and then the ending scene in the diner when he's convincing Tim Roth, whatever them to not to rob them. I I mean, it's so obviously Samuel Jackson has been in 
how many? Like almost every single one. Yeah. Like seven of the nine. Yeah, or I think he uh, he's not in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at all, right? And he's no, not, he's not in that. He's not in Reservoir Dogs, right? Uh, right. And I can't. He just has like his. Oh, and he's like, not in Death Proof. Oh yeah. His voice is in Inglorious Bastards, maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does the voiceover. Yeah, he does the he does the narration. Um, but to write like to have that guy be your muse and to write such incredible dialogue for him, he just fucking murders it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what much to say about Pulp Fiction. Like I said, we've covered it on the pod before. Um, I think you're right. I think I think individually, a lot of the stuff it, it works really well, and it works well together as scenes. I don't think I think you're right. I don't think it comes together in the same way that like, for example, Inglorious Bastards does, right. which is another like kind of piecemeal, um, different you know an amal- amalgamation of scenes. Um, but it's again a trend. It's better than Reservoir Drugs. It's right. a trend. It's trending up. It's a trend in the right the right direction. And there's some real laughs in this one too. I mean, there's laughs in Reservoir Dogs, but when Bruce Willis r- runs <laughs> to, to save, um, what's his name? Bing Rames. Yeah. And he's like, you okay? And he's like, nah, man, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. I'm like, that's a great, <laughs> I love that line. What do you that's think? That's a great fucking line. What do you think's in the suitcase? Hmm. I don't know, man. It's not money. What do you think's in the suitcase? I sort of like the, it's uh, Ving Rhames, you know, it's his soul. <laughs> it's Marcellus Wallace's soul. I sort of like that. People think yeah, that like maybe that. that's it because he's got the Band-Aid on the back of his neck. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that'd be pretty heady for Tarantino to get into. But listen, if anyone can make it work. Yeah, listen, he, he can do it. Um, okay, so Robert Zemeckis won for Forrest Gump in 1994. Yeah, I think I'm... God, I don't know. I don't know. I think... I think Forrest Gump might work more as a... There's a lot of hate on Forrest Gump now. People... I was talking talking about this with somebody. People really hate Forrest Gump. Uh, Also, there's some problematic stuff, you know, in in both of them. Yeah, there's not enough enough fucking in Forrest Gump. There's way more fucking in the book, so... In the book. (laughs) I think that... I think that movie might come together better as a whole um, than Pulp Fiction does. I don't know. What do you think? Um, so I would definitely Convince give it to me. Tarantino. Um, you would. I think I agree with you. I think the movie comes together more as a whole um, at Forrest Gump because it's just, you know, a linear like A to B story. But I think the... Uh, I think what Pulp Fiction does is way more important in terms of the history of directing. Like, we got, like, I mean, 10 years of, like, Pulp Fiction yes. knockoffs after Pulp Fiction. Because I, mean, I So when we did it, you actually picked Pulp Fiction as the best movie of the year. Laura and I both said Shawshank Redemption. And I actually think Shawshank, for me, is a better film, but I think I'd still give it to Tarantino. Because of the, um, well, in hindsight, you mean, because yes. of the effect that it had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I get that. And I'm fine with that. I just think I'm thinking of like, and again, I know I said Pulp Fiction. I'm just thinking of, um, I'm just thinking of the effect that Forrest Gump also had on pop culture sure. and in, in, and also just like the, the soundtrack to Forrest Gump and the, 
you know, a lot of the American history. And Listen, Meg, you don't have to tell me. I can't sit on a bench, okay, <laughs> without thinking about Forrest Gump. So, all the time, whenever where I when I when I am going from A to B, I run. Yeah. From that day forward, I was running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Uh, this one, uh, I'm going to defer to you. So I'm going to say we can give it to we can give Tarantino a best director Oscar. Yeah. You want to do that? Okay. This would be his first. This would be his first. If but if we or count his... nominees, you've already given him a two now. I've already given him two. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Nominated for both of these movies. I but, do know, yeah. though, um, that uh, when we go into this next movie, as much as you may like it, and we're going to talk about it, I have a feeling you're not going to give him the Best Director award Before for it. we move on to the next uh, movie, I just want to say, I think I just said that Pulp Fiction was the first, was him experimenting with time jumps, but he does that in Reservoir Dogs, too. So, sorry, he's already done that. You were... So, uh, fuck. And then, of course, you know, it reached the peak of its form in Jumper. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, Tar- I think Tarantino punched up, but I don't know for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has his stamp all over you it. You know, it's like in Crimson Tide when he came in and wrote the monologue, the thing about Silver Surfer or whatever. Um, 1997. Ooh, what a great year that was for me particularly. Yeah, uh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. So this is another movie. Funny story. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we talked about this on the pod. This was our first ever episode, 1997. It was? Yep. Wow, okay. We oh, because it's Titanic. We did it with Maddie Smith. Do you remember That's him? why it was such a... Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do recall. This is why it's such a formative year for me, because this one, Titanic, came out. Right. Exactly. Titanic. Titanic. Which is getting a re-release, by the by, in theaters in February. And if you think I'm not going to go see Titanic in theaters again... You're fucking high, because I definitely am. It is interesting. They're doing so many um, re-releases. I, I, we'll talk about this later, because I know you also saw it. Uh, we'll do it spoiler-free, because it'll be just after the first weekend. But I saw Nope um, this morning, yep. and there was, a, there was a poster up for Jaws when I left. Because wow. I guess the theater's playing Jaws, doing a re-release of that. That's um, fun, though. That's a fun summer movie. Yeah. We, just wa- we actually just watched Jaws. Allie had never seen it before. So oh, oh it. my yeah. God. How yeah. do you go that long without seeing Jaws? Um, it Dodged it like the COVID. Her, her mom said it was too scary. Well, it is. Yeah, it is scary. Here's a funny, here's a story that relates uh, about Jackie Brown. My sister, who in 1997 was uh, 12. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, 11. She saw, uh, she went to a friend's house and her friend's parents um, took her and her friend to see Jackie Brown. Oh, she okay. <laughs> she came home changed. Yeah. <laughs> and she my wore that parents, fl- she wore that flight attendant outfit. She wore that for, flight attendant outfit <laughs> for two years. She kept. She was smoking. Uh, she was smoking red apples. It uh-huh. was wild. Um, my parents were not happy with the Hammonds. Let me tell you that. And and that was when. I first became aware of Tarantino because my mother said there are three movies that are off limits to you and it's Jackie Brown, Pulp Fiction, because she said, uh, she said, Megan, in that movie, a woman gets stabbed in the chest because she overdosed on drugs. That was the, her, that was the worst part of that movie That's good. They're resuscitating her. I was going to say that saved her. Very upsetting to my mother. 
Uh, and then the third one, I couldn't. I can't remember. Now that I'm putting those things together, I'll try and remember by the end. But those, but two of the three were Tarantinos. So maybe that's why I'm such a. You know what? I'm just doing some uncovering right now, yeah. and I'm just thinking maybe that's why I'm such a fan. It's like kids when they're, you know, it's like when kids are young and they're not, they're not allowed to have like sweets or like sugar cereal at all, or that, you know what I mean? They have to have yeah. like super healthy, no no soda or whatever. And then later on in life, they become like. 600 pounds because they go nutso bananas because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can have like soda for the first time or whatever. That's what this is. That's why I have such a bad mouth and that's why I love Tarantino. It's her fault. Yeah. Good job, Deb. Yeah. Backfired. Backfired. Yeah. Big time. Anyway, Jackie Brown. Um, this is a movie I think I like more every time I watch it. I say, Me too! Yeah, I think I watch it like, you know, not, it's not like every six months I return to Jackie Brown, but, you know, every three or four years like I'll, I'll rewatch. Jackie Brown, every single time I like it a little bit more. Me too. I, I, this was the first on my list of rewatchings because it had been a while uh, that I watched this, that I watched this movie and I got to the end and I said, is this my favorite Tarantino movie? Wow. It might be. It's not. Right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But, but I, but I literally was like, this movie fucking slaps. Mm-hmm. It is a goddamn blast. And again, people are like, it's talk. It does. It is long and it is talky. And there are a few parts that drag a little bit, but again, it's it is a the story is tight. Pam Greer fucking rules mm-hmm. in this movie. Again, just inspired casting, absolutely gorgeous, perfect. And De Niro is so good in this movie, man. He he's, really is. He's really good. The, he's that really la- good. That last scene with him and Bridget Fonda. <laughs> oh. And then when he tells when he has to tell Samuel Jackson, he's yeah. like. Oh, I shot her. I was like, this is so, it's legit really funny. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's great. It's a really great, um, it's a really great, great movie. Yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say, man. I mean, you know, obviously very interesting in terms of his filmography because it's the only, uh, adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas, you know, everything else that he's done, Obviously, it's something original he came up with, whereas this is from an Elroy Leonard novel. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great film that I feel like Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard. El- I, Elroy, I might Elmore. Elroy Leonard. I'm talking about the Jetson character. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this movie, because it was an adaptation and because it's linear and sort of been at the time was probably considered like a come down from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why that is in retrospect. Me and neither. I think a lot of people don't feel that way in retrospect. I think no, Jackie Brown, I, I, I think, think it's, is kind yeah. of considered probably the movie that has gained the most respect over the years, as opposed to I think so some too. of them that have like lost a little bit throughout the years. Yeah. I think so too. And he, I think again, the soundtrack for Pulp Fiction is fun Music is used, that's another big Tarantino thing, it's just music, and music is used so well in yeah. this movie, just like the, um, the, up on a hundred and ten street, is such a, like, to bookend the movie, it's such a great thing, and her and her records, and like, it's just so, it's the, it's such a richly drawn world, and yeah. again, because it's more linear, and we, in, in Reservoir Dogs, again, we just see like, you know, it's like a couple hours, whatever. It's just this one, right. this one sort of contained, self-contained story. And in Pulp Fiction, it jumps around so much to different characters. Like we really spend 
time with Jackie and um, what's the private investigator with the bond? Robert Bell Forrester's character. Robert Forrester's character, yeah. who's also so great. Um, you really and and Samuel Jackson and Robert De Niro. You really get to know them more. Yeah, and it's just such richly drawn characters. I yeah. just, I just fucking love this movie. It's yeah. really fun. Um, so would you say it should have won Best Director over <laughs> Big Jim Cameron? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Are you fucking high? Um, you, I don't. I you know. I um, I think you may get your headlines, Mister Ismay. Yeah, is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you may get your headlines, Mister Ismay. I think we Titanic. Have, yeah, I think we have to give uh, James his his due for uh, pulling that off when you know everyone had it written off for dead, and then it becomes the That's biggest so movie of all time. Yeah, it's so funny too. I I rewatched that movie. Not that, like, literally, like, uh, a month. Like an hour and ago. And a half ago. <laughs> like an hour ago. I watch it, like, I, I don't know. I don't watch it that often. Like, I'll watch pieces of it, but it's a long movie to sit through. Yeah. Top, top to, tip to tail. Uh, and I did. And it's a fucking marvel, man. It is. And, and by that, I mean it's actually amazing. It's not some shitty fucking superhero bullshit. It's. It's the dialogue is absolutely piss poor. It's <laughs> absolutely the fact yeah, that these give him actors. Yeah, wouldn't the screenplay award. No, I would not. And the fact that that honestly, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, we should have known, were going to be two of the biggest stars of our entire life because the, they pull off some of, and barely, but yeah. they're pulling off some of the worst written lines. Yeah. I have. <laughs> There's a part where he says, he's like, so I. You know, I wanted to see the world, so I lit on out of there, and I'm like, you could call me a tumbleweed blowing in the wind. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? What's um, going on? So, but, um, yeah. So in 97, when we did that movie, well, when we did that year on the podcast, Maddie and I's best picture of the year was Boogie Nights, is the movie we chose. Um, but I would say that I think that's really interesting because I would give it to Jim Cameron or Paul Thomas Anderson over Tarantino, but... Uh, obviously, Paul Thomas Anderson's always compared with Robert Altman, but I mm-hmm. think Boogie Nights definitely has like some Tarantino esque flair as well. Like you're Absolutely. you're in the valley. You're um, I think there's uh, even if he didn't realize it, definitely taking some stuff from Pulp Fiction yeah. into that movie as well. It's kind of an underworldy type, like that those te- that type yeah. of the type of people that he's following to, like the yeah. porn industry and stuff. Is yeah, for sure. I mean. Again, Titanic. 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 Uh, um, well, so then that brings us to the Kill Bill films. Um, so like I said, we'll tackle them sort of separately because Kill Bill 1 came out in 2003. Kill Bill 2 came out in 2004. So uh, he would have been up for, he could have been up for two separate Oscars for these films. Um, the movie that almost killed Uma Thurman. That's right. Certainly killed their working relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad. Everybody knows this story, right? Do you want to tell the story? If people no, you can you can tell it. She was in that scene with the car when they're when she's like driving to see Bill and she's driving very fast. She he made her drive fast and there was an accident and she got really seriously hurt. Yeah. And because of his kind of negligence. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke flew to the set and almost killed him. And um yeah, and I think their relationship soured after that. Yeah. Which is too bad because I'd like to talk about I. 
she's incredible in this movie. And I think we'll t- I want to I want to talk about like the volume 2 more cuz I think she has more to do in that even. But but she's incredible in this movie. Mm-hmm. And and um talking about 1, volume 1. Yeah. Which I think it's very hard to take them as two different. This is why I texted you about this. It's very hard to take them as two different movies because they are such part of the same piece and they are very similar in the same ways. But there I think the set piece in one of Orenishi in the Crazy 88 make that movie th- that gives it the edge for me. Yeah. A little bit more of like, I, I probably, if I'm going to rewatch, I'm going to rewatch part one just because that scene is so incredible. Well, I think for me, I, I actually think basically every separate scene in part one works, which yeah. is why it's my favorite part. Whereas... And we'll talk more about it, but in volume two, I really like the lonely grave of Paula Schultz into when uh, Ellie Driver comes. Like, I mm-hmm. love all the stuff in the house, and I don't mm-hmm. really like any of the other sections there that much. I think mm-hmm. um, the Pi May stuff. The Pi May stuff, I think, Bill is stuff. like, you know, I know we're looking at two kind of different kinds of martial arts, but I think the stuff with. Um, Hattori Hanzo is so much more interesting in the first movie. Yeah, like, I just like too. that more, like, sort of a serious bent than, like, the more goofy Pai Mei yeah. part. And I... Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And I think the Bill stuff, that is where <laughs> the movie gets way too long for me and really falls yeah, into Quentin's, like, way too talky. Yeah. It's when you're like, oh, she's... This is what she's cut. This is the movie. It's called Kill Bill. Yeah. She's here we for Bill. We are here and you for look, this reason. The, yeah. The what are we doing? The fact also, like, you know, I think sometimes it doesn't make a difference to me with his movies because I think, particularly, we'll talk about it, but Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think both earn their run times. Mm-hmm. But with Kill Bill Volume 1, it's like an hour 50. And then yeah. Kill Bill Volume it's, 2 is like 25, 30 minutes longer. And when you yeah. look at the time stamp, when she gets to Bill's house, it's still there's like 50 minutes of the movie left. And it's like, oh, that's too long. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't, I literally could not agree with you yeah. more. That's exactly it, what it is. Kill Bill 1, man, I mean, it's so tight. It's yeah. such a, it's, it's such a tight, it's such a tight movie. And um, yeah, I just, I think, again, excellent casting. It's such a shame. I, I feel like Lucy Liu doesn't work, did not have the career that maybe she had planned on because of racism, truly, right. because I'm, she could be in rom-coms. She could be in a ton of shit. She's yeah. great in this. Um, yeah, this movie, uh, is just a, is just a blast from start to finish. And again, yes, the, the fight at the end, again, this whole movie is just totally is a ripoff of, you know, samurai, uh, movies, which is great. And, uh, something he's proud of. And the, the blood spray at the end that's so when that starts with when she cuts off Sophie's arm and it's just spraying everywhere and she's just writhing on the ground and, and it's such a funny, it's, it's played for laughs more than anything else. And then just all the people and, Gogo, Gogo's death is so great. Like it's just all so. I don't like. I'm not a. I'm not a huge gore person, and, right. which is why people are surprised that I like Tarantino. But it's because it's so. It's not realistic. It's yeah. so wild. And, and I think bananas. The, I think this is true. I mean, I know at least was the a rumor that um, the movie switches into black and white because they had to. 
that yes. basically they were told like I've heard it that would not be an R-rated movie if they did not switch into black and white for that extended yeah. crazy 88 sequence. Yeah. So um so in 2000 when she spanks the kid to the yeah. little kid the is such a funny bit That's why too. you don't play don't with, with the yakuza. <laughs> Go home to your mother. It's such a fun it's just great. Yeah. I loved it. Um so 2003 is Return of the King. Mm. No, that's, yes, yeah. I don't know. You're yeah. the one that has the so information that's Return, at your So fingertips. that's Return of the King. That's Peter Jackson winning hmm. Best Director. I mean, I kind of have to give it to Peter Jackson only because that's the, I'm thinking of the, tri- like, yes. this, is a tr- this is a cheat. Yeah. Because they gave it to him because of the trilogy. Right. And that trilogy of movies is phenomenal. Yeah. And deserve to win. And so I'll give it to Peter Jackson. Yeah. It's hard It's hard to take it away from him, even though I think particularly volume one, just the amount of different styles he uses and stuff is kind of a perfect movie. But um, Yeah. And, and Return of the King is a, is not even my favorite Lord of the Rings. Right. I mean, I like it a lot. But yeah. I probably like Fellowship more. Um, so when we did 2003, your pick was... I believe lost in translation. Really? Well, then I feel bad for that. I'd like to give Peter Jackson back his Oscar. <laughs> well, no, I love this was, this Tran- was, this was the movie. This wasn't for best director. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this is the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then yeah. Um, would you go Tarantino or would you go Sofia Coppola? I don't know. Damn. I don't know. I think I'd go Tarantino. I think so I think too. I'd go Tarantino. Yeah. I think I would. I think I, I picked City of God, so that's uh, Fernando Moray uh, or Moraes. Um, but I think I go Tarantino for directing. It's but funny, not I, over I, Peter Jackson for the three movies in total. <laughs> Kill Bill is another one of those movies where I kind of slept on it for a long time, like mm-hmm. in the way that I was like, yeah, yeah, everybody loves Kill Bill. It's, it's, that's not one of my favorites. And watching it, both parts one and two, I had a blast. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. They were just fun. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I give it to Peter Jackson, but I I put Tarantino over. So was um, what else did you want to say about Volume Two before we talk about? So I just want to say who was nominated for Best Actress that year? Can, do you have that information? Can you give me that? Because I'm sure I do. I can find it. She's incredible in both parts, and yeah. there's so many examples of that. Of like her beyond, again beyond just the physical. Like she like like. The, the a lot of the stunts and the you know whatever the fighting that she does obviously there's a double but she looks she she just does a really great job but the scene at the end when she breaks into Bill's house and sees her daughter for the first time is like absolutely incredible and I cried watching mm-hmm. it this time and I I was like this is some the way she fake the way she like fakes dead or what like when yeah. it was such a is such a moment such a beautiful moment and then her crying on the floor at the end and you think it's because she's sad and she's like thank you yeah I was like this is some incredible and also just her in the box too and it's some incredible shit yeah <laughs> and then good funny bit too when she walks across the road and then walks into the diner and is like may I have a glass of water yeah. Great, like excellent, excellent. They wish they stole in Maverick. Yeah, <laughs> fucking fuck you, Top Gun. Um, uh, okay, so, so I think so she should have at least been nominated. When we did this, 
exercise when we were doing the best actor and best actresses of two thousands. We actually gave it to her in two thousand three for Kill we Bill did. Volume One, which okay. is the year that Charlize won for Monster, which neither of us big Charlize fans, liked. not Monster fans. These no. were the nominees in two thousand four, though. Um, and we didn't give it to her, and I still think I wouldn't, and I don't think you will either. So, Annette Benning and Bean Julia, Catalina God, Sandino. That movie was wild. <laughs> uh, Catalina Sandino Moreno for Maria Full of Grace, hmm. Amelda Staunton for Vera Drake. That's who I chose. Oh, Kate Winslet for Eternal Sunshine, who I believe you chose. I chose. And then Hilary Swank won for Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, I think it's. You're right. I think I would still give it to. Um, to my pick of yeah. Winslet. But I think she should have made the, the nominee Yeah, list. she definitely should be in there, I think. She should make that nominee list. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's great. Um, so 2004, the best director was Clint Eastwood for Million Dollar Baby. No. So we're saying Tarantino over that. I agree with you there, even though I don't like two near as much as I like one. No, but, me neither, but no. But in 2004... We both chose Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And would you say Michelle Gondry over Tarantino? Yes. Yes, me too. Me too. So that's how, so at the end of our part one. So the end of part one. That's how many? We have agreed to give him one. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. I would Wait, say. Wait, didn't we? What did we give him in two thousand? Who won in two thousand? Oh, Return of the King, right? Right. Peter Jackson, sorry. Um, I would. I would say it seems like those three middle ones. I think are our three favorites, and he just kind of ran into James Cameron, and he ran into like two of the biggest, the biggest yes. movie and the biggest film the biggest franchise of all time. Of all so, time, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't be. You, unfortunately, uh, Lord of the Rings and Titanic. It, it's hard. That's hard to compete. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting when we do the back half to see uh, how many he takes. Because it, it, just off the top of my head, it, it may just stand to one. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll Next see. Next time <laughs> on... Before we go, Meg, do you have a favorite movie of 2022? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen some good shit. Um... I've definitely seen some good shit. Here's a movie that I, I guess it's, I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's sticking in my head and I like really loved it, I think, because I was so surprised at how much I loved it. And that is Marcel the Shell. Mm -hmm. Have we talked about Marcel the Shell yet? I already talked Uh, about We have not talked about it on pod, no. Oh, okay. Um, So if you've seen the Marcel the Shell shorts uh, or whatever on YouTube, it's like a little viral shell with a googly eye. (laughs) And uh, Boys by Jenny Slade, and I, they made a movie of it, A20, was it A20? I think it is A24. And um, I was like, how, I was like, I'm going to, A, I'm going to see this movie, and yeah. B, how are they going to make a full length movie out of this fucking little property. shell with a yeah. Google, yeah, property? And goddamn, they did it. Like, it's a really sweet, enjoyable movie in which I got emotional. Mm-hmm. And just like super well done and really funny and heartwarming and like it's and it's a cool hour and a half and I was just like really impressed with it and if it's a, in your hood please you should really go see it because yeah. it's like it'll fly by and like it's 
family friendly. That sounds so weird. It's yeah. like people listening to this podcast don't have kids, but I was like, I want to take my nephew because it's so cute. Yeah. And um, it's weirdly it's just really sweet. Not in L.A., obviously, but it, it's weirdly, I feel like only sort of specialty theaters like here. It's at at the landmark. It's not at any of the AMCs in the city. And I feel like it would be good counter programming, particularly in a city to I mean, although it got pretty good reviews also to something like Minions, like for parents that want don't want to go see the new Minions movie. I feel yeah. like this would be good counter-programming to that. Yeah, that's weird because it's at the Grove, at the AMC at the Grove yeah. here in L.A. And you know what I mean? Like, right. that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad because it's a, it's a super sweet little movie. You liked it, right? It's yeah, really I liked cute. it a lot. Yeah. Um, did you have any Nope thoughts you wanted to share? Um... I really like Nope. As somebody who really liked Get Out, uh-huh. um, and I really disliked Us, yeah. I uh, I had a blast at Nope, and I assumed my date, my husband Maddie, was also having a blast. Not the case. Mm. Did not care for it, Maddie. Um, but I had a lot of fun, and I thought it was funny and like thrilling, and I wasn't bored. And I was like, it went on a little long at the end there, yeah. but I was like. As movies tend to do, I was like, yeah. okay, we've we've ended this movie like three times now. Right. Um, Kiki Palmer's a star. What a delight she is! I, I mean, was like, this is. And I'll say, every single time someone says nope, it really lands. It really <laughs> lands. <laughs> every single time they say nope, it's funny. No. It's really funny. Yeah. So I just was like, I was very, I was very on board. Were you on board? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I, don't, liked I it. mean, it's not Get Out. I mean, no. that might be, that honestly might end up being a case where we look back and we're like, hey, this guy made, you know, 12 good to really good movies, but never one as good as his first film. It's, that's yeah. very possible. Um, Get Out also had more of something to say. Yeah. Which, I know that sounds, who who, who am I to yeah. even say this? But I mean, like, I felt like the, the uh, cultural impact of that too was like really interesting. This didn't, this felt just more like this is a fun summer movie. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck us was saying, but I, I didn't care for I it. I have a movie recommendation for you though, that I think oh, you, you do. Like. It's, 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 you know, it's just like a nice, good movie. Um, and that's Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I want to see that. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. Is there a Paris? There's Paris. And my, yeah. my girl, Leslie Manville, I love her. Yeah, she goes to Paris. Okay. Well, then guess what? I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Um, I, against your judgment, I was home alone the other night and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to throw on The Lost City because I remember I'd wanted to see it when it came out. Yeah, it's not good. I think it's right. like I Craig, think I said right. at the time it was just it's the worst movie you could have made with that group of people. Yeah, it should have been so much more fun. If it had been like, you know, if it was like Kate Hudson and um, I'm trying to think, you know, not, I'm not talking about like these people are Matthew bad. McConaughey. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it would have been like oh, and instead of in the Brad Pitt role part, you had like Gerard Butler. And that yeah. was the movie you would have been like, oh, that was good. You know, that was fine. But Brad I enjoyed Pitt, that. But because Channing Brad Tatum, Pitt, yeah. and, and Sandra Bullock are three of the most, uh, like, winningest, charming, funny, like, legitimately funny right. performers we have. And it just wasn't that fun. Yeah. Um, I blame Teresa Rebeck, who wrote the script. She's not very good. Did you watch, yeah, well, fuck that. Did you watch um, Persuasion yet? I did the not. Dakota Johnson perspective. I haven't heard it. Was, I heard it was not good. But you're a real Austin head. So what did you think? Um, I, I, I am. 
it, it's not good, but it's also very funny to me that people are like, this is a fucking Travis. Like they're right. like so pissed about it. And I'm like, guys, it's a, it's not her greatest book. It's a made for Netflix, you know, right. movie. Like in, in the people are so pissed. Cause it's like updated. I'm like, bitch, have you seen clueless? Like it's fine. It's yeah. not, it's, it is makes fine viewing for a, a Wednesday night when, you know, when you're like over everything else and you just want to check out for a bit. It's yeah. fine. Be on, play Candy Crush while you watch it like I did. It'll, yeah. it'll be fine. It's fine. You're fine. Um, Happening is still my favorite of the year, though. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I don't remember what I said, but I'm going to say Marcel. The shell. Which Great. Is on. Great. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? No, just this podcast. Watch yeah. the Oscar should have gone to. Watch, no. listen to the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, watch that. We're on TikTok now. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Oscar should, on Facebook or Instagram at the Oscar should have gone to. If you like what you listen to, rate and review us. Like I said, we're going to try and, you know, we're getting, we're coming back. All right. We're well, coming back. Thank you. You know, if you're listening coming to this, thanks out for. Of the dark. Thanks for. Uh, in the light now. Sorry. Thanks for. Living with our vacation. I hope you all have been well while we've been away. Um, and we will talk to you soon. I don't. Fuck all these people. Wow. I hope you've all been fucking sick as dogs. I'm sorry. That's terrible. That's not nice. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen.